Welcome to this episode of Through the Lens of Christ. Uh, I'm Adam Baker. I'm here with Steve Douster. Hello, Steve. Hello, Adam. And we are um, coming together again for a conversation to be able to talk about spiritual things, to be able to, um, as we normally say, we talk about things that are whether culturally relevant, things that are happening in the news, um, or things that are that from a, a biblical and theological perspective, how do we understand more about Christ in everything? And the idea behind Through the Lens of Christ is to understand that everything that happens in our lives and in everything um, serves as believers, serves to bring us closer to Christ, so serves to um, change us from the inside out, and and serves to uh, do a good work in us. So we desire to see that. And so sometimes that can be the difficult part, is to actually view everything through the lens of Christ. And so we, we actually want to have conversations about those things. And so I appreciate and value uh, Steve's time. I appreciate and value Ashley's time, who is our producer and um, does a Great job. And we're, we just found out we're here to make her life easy, Steve. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. So we all work well together, and I'm thankful for that. So it's good. <laughs> um, but we are. So for this episode, um, we, we talked in the last two episodes about spiritual disciplines, um, the idea that uh, there are behaviors and practices that we can add into our life that um, just help to build good patterns of behavior and help to, not just from a legalistic perspective that we would have good behaviors, but just that we would train ourselves. You see, Paul constantly talks about this idea of, of training, and uh, he often uses the, the imagery of athletes and um, uh, sporting events. And so the idea that we we practice and the idea that we have muscle memory and the idea that we're, we're trying to not just change our behavior, but we're trying to make sure that from the inside out we understand what it means to be changed. And so these spiritual disciplines are are put into place so that we would do that. And we talked about uh, the Word, the idea of study, and we talked about meditation, which go go hand in hand. Um, And so how do we focus on the Word? How do we uh, study Scripture? So those are important things. Uh, For the next two episodes, or if we combine them into one, we'll see. But for the next two topics, we're going to be talking about prayer and fasting. And again, two things that go very much hand in hand. And so we're going to start with the topic of prayer. Um, and we'll start generally talking about um, what it is, what's the purpose, what do we know about it, and then um, understanding how it impacts us. So I will ask Steve for his thoughts on prayer. I feel like I'm always the or not always, often the one that has to jump in first because you're the setup guy. So I, I get that. It works. Right. It seems to work out okay. I get so. to say like a bunch of meaningless words at the beginning, and then I turn the actual hard stuff over to you. Right, because I was thinking too, you know, here we are again. We, do, we, don't talk, we don't talk about this stuff before we get here. We just get a topic and come and start talking and thinking. I mean, I've thought about it a bit all throughout yeah. the day. I'm sure you probably have too. But yeah, so so prayer. Um, uh, what's the question? Is it what is it? How do or what what can yeah, we do just, with it? And what what is what is God's purpose? Anything you've been thinking it? about about prayer or, or what you would like to bring out? Sure. Well, there's a couple of things I guess I think of to start with. One one would be what kind of what is it? I think it's a bit of a conversation with God in you know in a way. Certainly opening ourselves up. I think of confession being a prayer. Um, you know, talking to God about ourselves and, and trying to listen and feel for a response that the Spirit brings to us about God and what He would say to us, what He would have for us. Um, I think it's mostly us confessing us, and it could be, when I mean confessing, I don't mean confessing, well, confessing sins for sure, but also confessing other things like truths, like who God is, who we are, what we're feeling, what we're, what we're doing, why we're doing it. 
and and trying to be quiet and let God respond to us. That's certainly a thing. I think it can be, you know, individual. It can be corporate, mm-hmm. very personal. Oftentimes, mm-hmm. sometimes also impersonal. I think it can be a, a lot of different ways. How, how's that for a just a quick starter on prayer? That's good. I don't. I, like I don't it. think we do enough of it. I think right. there's also a. If I could jump in again, yeah. there could be an element of we should be doing this all the time in different ways. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Paul's pray without ceasing. Yeah. Right. W- without ceasing. <laughs> Sounds like don't stop. <laughs> right. It's all the time. And right. so you're right. And and then that becomes, I think sometimes when, when we hear pray without ceasing, we think, so I've got to have eyes closed, head down, your hands folded all the time. Right. And to your point, that's not what he's talking about. There's a whole whole lot of different elements to the idea of prayer, and it goes back to your idea that it's it's a conversation with God. I do, I do believe that that this is we've been made to be in community with God, and we think about what it would be like if we were at our homes, and we didn't talk to anybody that we were in relationship with. Right. If we just existed around them, uh, we uh, after a while it would feel weird for a little while, and then it would probably start to feel comfortable, and then you would probably be like why do we live together, right? We, I don't know anything about you. We don't talk about anything. We have no relationship. And so eventually we fall away from that relationship. And so I, I think it's the same concept is how can we say that we have a relationship with God, but never actually talk to him. Um, and so I think we, we think that prayer is about, um, you know, my list, right? right. I, I'm coming with my laundry list of things. And, and not that, we call those things supplication, right? We're praying for needs. Not that that is bad. It's just not, it's it's one of the aspects of prayer. It's not the point of prayer. And I like how you, you talked about confession because that is, is that you, you, there's the, the acts, um, acronym. I was for thinking prayer, of that right? just before you said that. Yeah. 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 So it's adoration, um, a confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. And you combined adoration and confession, which isn't the wrong thing to do, right? It's this idea that that our conf- we have a confession about who God is. We have a confession about what he means to us. We have a confession about what, what he's doing in our life and what he's teaching us. And we confess scripturally. We confess the truth of, of scripture. Sometimes it's just good to pray scripture and, you know, just to, to take God's word and just bring it back to him. Um, it, I think all those things just draw us closer. And and the S in Acts, the supplication, is actually at the end. And I, I, I like that setup because then by the time we get to the S, and, we, and I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about the idea of, of God's will and how does it center us to that end. But by the time we get to the S, if we've done the adoration and confession and thanksgiving well, our needs seem so much smaller. And we're no longer just consumed with, God, here's what I need you to fix. Right. We're, we become consumed with who God is. Yeah, to that, to that point, our needs become smaller, or actually sometimes our needs just become bigger because our needs become very different than the personal, you know, kind of things that we interact with on a day-to-day basis that touch, actually touch our lives, like, mm-hmm. like my bad leg or my health problem or my friend's health problem or, yeah. or things like that. Our prayers some will oftentimes, I think, become much bigger and broader, um, praying for salvation of nations and people groups and, and God's work in our world and politics and things of that nature that God would insert himself and do things according to his will. So I think that's, yeah. that's, all, that's all an important thing. Um, would you say that like prayer is somewhat then family conversation? In, in yeah. a sense, so so we we talk we talk about or we we bring up 
on the podcast sometimes, oftentimes, we're part of this new family. We've got this new name. Uh, we're in Christ. We're, we're, we're with him, and, and we, we want to please our elder brother Christ. We want to please our father because, we, because of our regard for him and how we love them. And, and part of that is talking together and trying to understand one another and then moving out from there in service and seeing God's glory and other things and, and having that change us. Is that yeah. A fair way to look at it. Yeah, and you, you go to the family thing, you think about a, an event, you think about like a Thanksgiving dinner, Christmas dinner, right? Sure. And so you've got family around, and one of the joys of that is the the conversation. Right. And so you've got uh, lots of inputs, you're, you're talking to people, you're listening to people, you're constantly just in tune to what's happening around you. And, and at times, if you've got a larger family, it's a little overwhelming. Yes. And I, I think the point is the same, right? That we we should be speaking, we better be listening, and we should certainly have times of, of just absorbing what, and, and I don't mean that in, in some, you know, esoteric sense, but truly just absorbing what God is trying to teach us. It goes back to the idea of meditation, you know, and, and just, oh man, God, just let me think on who you are and let me consider what that means. And he says he speaks to us in a still small voice. And so I think the idea of, of listening is, is critical too. So, so part of that kind of falls to me into like pray without ceasing that we're not, like you had mentioned, we're not just sitting in a corner with our eyes closed and just being very quiet, but sometimes pray without ceasing might mean that we're engaging with others in a spiritual way um, to discern God's will, to confess even, even we could do it individually, but we could do it corporately as well. Yep. We pray individually, we pray corporately, and we try to express ourselves to one another um, and also to God, kind of in the same breath at the same time, maybe, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that, I agree with okay? that. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yep. Do, do you also think that that would be something that's entailed by, say, walking in the Spirit or having the mind of Christ? Um, is that also kind of in, you know, in parallel with pray without ceasing? How would that, how would that inter, interplay, do you think? Yeah, I think I mean to, to tie that into we don't get much instruction about prayer in Scripture. Right? No, we there's have not the, a ton, is right? There? You have the the Lord's Prayer, it. which everybody goes back to, and, and right, you see a lot of prayer. We in could scripture. repeat prayers that are in Scripture, like right. that, or yep. like the Lord's Prayer. Yeah, right. And so, but I think what we do see, and even when we see the the prayers that are not there necessarily for teaching purposes, all all Scripture is there for teaching. But when we when we not just pray them, but actually understand what's being said and why they said it. I think it goes back to what your point was. Is this? I I mean, I, I think of of Christ's prayer in John seventeen, where it's it's a a beautiful expression about it's it's just the the Son speaking to the Father, and they're just in this perfect communion. And that's what Jesus is talking about, is that you and I are one. Let the people be one, and let us be united, and let us be together. And he's not even praying. You talk about bigger prayers. I mean, and this is this is Jesus, but he he's, he's not just talking about, and pray for all those right around me. He starts there, but then he moves out to, and pray for those who haven't even been born yet. Right. Pray for those in the future. Pray Like, that's an amazing amazing prayer. And so when you think about that aspect of that's what communion looks like between father and son, and we are now adopted sons and daughters, we should be having this constant communion. And you talk about walking in the spirit and the mind of Christ. And I think that's exactly what he's talking about is that we're, and and it goes back to the, the, not to oversimplify, but the major point of the Lord's prayer, the teaching of that is that reliance, 
We're relying on him. We're seeking out his will. We desire to know what he wants done. How are we going to do that if we don't have the mind of Christ? How are we going to do that if we don't if we're not flooded with the spirit? How are we going to do that if we're not actually praying without ceasing? Yeah, so I think I, I agree with all that. I think that's all really helpful. I, I think also about it is another way I think about it is I'm just thinking out loud here again yeah. um, is is. Well, you know, we could structure our prayers and we could try to, you know, kind of manufacture these things, but seems to me like the first step must be loving Jesus mm-hmm. and and being you know, having the right motivation to pray rather than some self-centered motivation or something independent in ourselves that we want to fix in ourselves. So it kind of goes right back to what I like to go back to all the time, which is the gospel. We have to be Christians and have an understanding of who we are in Christ as believers before any of this happens. If we're independent thinkers, thinking of how we can self-improve, how we can be a better person, you know, in quotation marks, right, yeah. um, then we might be praying for some things that maybe we're never going to get, which also brings up the point, if we're not even believers, are our prayers even heard? which is another Great. another Great tangent question. that we can certainly go off on. Mm-hmm. But certainly I have got to be I've got to be in Christ first. I have to love Jesus and I have to be motivated toward him, not being repelled from him even though I don't understand some of this. Um, but being motivated toward him so that I can actually walk with him, pray with him and be in the spirit and be in the family. Yes, and so you talk about all those aspects. Let's talk about the the range of emotion we have. Right? We think about coming to prayer, and it's this, this beautiful, wonderful time of communion with God, and it sounds so great and wonderful and peaceful and amazing. How about when you're angry? Right. How You know, I'm, I'm upset, I'm frustrated, I'm confused, I'm scared, I'm anxious. I've all these really negative things, and I think often we feel like I'm not going to pray then because I'm not in the right spot. I hear people say so often, like, I didn't pray today because I just wasn't in the right space. It's like, what does that mean? Because there is no wrong space. Like right. it's just a matter of acknowledging that I've got I've got emotion which God gave me. Like we've we've not been called to not have emotion. We've been called to not sin in our emotion, right? So I've got emotion which He gave me. I need to give that back to Him. I need to express that. And I I think teaching people too that it's okay to come to God with our fears and concerns and our frustration and our anger and all of those things. We be careful not to. We don't we don't want to be. Um, disrespectful to God Almighty, so we have to have the right to, to your point. We have to have the right understanding of who God is, right? But we still need to to come to Him with our full heart. We have to love Him, and it seems like we have to come with Him with needs. Mm-hmm. So we're not coming with Him to give Him something or tell Him something He already knows. I mean, right? right? We, we're coming to Him with needs. We need to know Him. We need to know, and we need help. Yes. So to me, I feel like that's a, that's an element of prayer that's important for sure. Yeah. Um, what about what about that idea? Well, well, two things I'm thinking of. One is the idea of can an unbeliever pray to God and be heard? Mm-hmm. We might address. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is because I know we're going to run out of time eventually. We can't talk about this forever. But but um, what are some ways that we can use prayer? Prayer can be used so that we might know God more deeply and we might glorify Him um, as a spiritual discipline. So we yep. maybe we can hit. Those is that a, yeah, yeah I like it okay um, so start with the first one I guess my uh, my scriptural understanding would be this is that there's only one prayer that God hears from the unrighteous and that is the prayer of repentance save me right that's it yeah um, the rest are and and again I often tell people because sometimes people get offended by that like what well, do you mean God doesn't listen to people like no 
if you're having a conversation with somebody and somebody says, I hate you and I don't want anything to do with you, at what point would you be crazy to, to go, hey, I want to give an ear to that, right? So the idea, not to overhumanize God, but the idea that if you've already rejected him, What's the point of conversation? Why are you even coming to him in conversation? What, what do you seek from this God who you've rejected? Like, what's the point of the prayer to begin with? Well, I think part, yes, yeah, surely if we don't know God and we come in that way, we're actually being God, telling him what we want. Yeah. Give me, right? Yeah. right? Yeah. So we're, we're actually, you know, I think we're actually telling him what to do. Would yeah. you say that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think, think that's a good true. point. That's a good point. So, so then... And also, the other, the other, I think, corollary to that is that if Jesus is our mediator, we're praying, and Jesus is really the one that takes our petitions to God, um, then he's the only mediator. There's no other way to get around it, right? You, you, we right. can't go around him. Or he, he doesn't take some petitions to God and others. Well, that just goes directly to God, and I don't have to be here for that, right? So right. so he is the only only pathway, I think. Right. Yeah, the, the I, I agree. The Bible's and, clear on that. Uh, yeah, and we even see, I, I think we've talked about it before, the idea of, you know, what do I say and how do I say it? And what do I, like, it's we, not super important. Yet. <laughs> right? I mean, the, the point is, is is the position of the heart. Right. And so he, you know, I, I, look, there's certain people I love to listen to pray because I I believe that they are genuinely in the spirit when they pray. And it's just, it's just refreshing for me. Um, I, I don't really care about what they say. I'm worried about how they're saying it. And you can just feel the, the, just the, the honesty and genuineness of that prayer. And, and that is what warms me. Right, so I, so I think God hears those prayers, and the Spirit, you know, understands our groanings and groans for us, right, yes. in Ro- Romans. Yes. So no matter what we say, if we're believers, that's that's making progress. God can use that. Although I will say, prayer also exposes things, especially if it's an, you know, outward prayer in public. It does expose some things that are going on, which sometimes is uh, that, you know, you know, pray for the, all the, I shouldn't say, we shouldn't do it, but praying too much for kind of temporal needs and individual things and not having a bigger picture. Sure. Those kind yes. of things come up, yep. I think, and come out yep. in corporate prayer oftentimes. Not yes. that they're always wrong because they're not, right. but sometimes it just reveals a, a, a heart that's maybe immature or that God's yep. working on in a different way. Yeah. Yep. And, and I think one thing that's that's uh, heartening to me is that, you know, you hear somebody that, that prays well, right? Whatever that is, they pray well. Like Jesus, first of all. <laughs> right. right. Or right. people that are less right. holy than yes. Jesus. Yes. Yeah. But but you go, oh, I, I can't pray like that. You, you read Jesus' prayer in, in John 17, you go, I, I can't pray like that, right? right? But outside of Christ, who's directly taking his petition, the rest of us, it's just groanings. Right? It's just it, whatever that that is, that groaning of our heart is what he hears. And so then then Christ, the spirit takes that Christ translates that to God. And it's and we actually see in Revelation that it is actually being offered as a sacrifice, as incense on the altar. And I, it's one of the most beautiful scriptures that, that, to me, when you think about heaven, and right now as we pray, those prayers are being offered up as a sweet-smelling incense on the altar in heaven. I, I mean, that's beautiful. And, and that has nothing to do with prayers of people who don't call him God and Jesus as Lord. It has everything to do with, with those who make a true confession of faith and truly understand who he is. Yeah, no, that's all good. Um, so your second question. Yes. Which was? 
which was how can we how can we use prayer or how can prayer be used um, in a spiritual discipline kind of a sense so that we might know God more deeply and that he that he might use prayer to change us what are some practical ways that we could use prayer in our daily life um, and I'll, I'll personalize it but for me it, it had to come to a place of me seeing that that my desire in prayer is to understand God's will, not to change my situation, not to change what's happening, but to actually understand what's God's will. And God's will in all of everything that's happening out there is to draw me to him, right? That that he would be glorified, that that I would understand more of who he is. And so if I'm I'm praying after God's will, okay, what do you want me to do and how do you want me to lead? But really, how are you changing me in this? Like whatever emotion I have, if it's overwhelming joy over something, if it, you know, when, when my kids were born, right, you're just like just overwhelming joy. It was my prayer was still bless these children, but it was, oh, God, teach me. Yes. Right. Just help me. And um, I think that in all even uh, not to we weren't going to talk about it, but I, I think about what we've seen on the news over the last couple of days. Right. We had this this ridiculous event at the, the Capitol building, this this somewhat insurrection. When I started seeing things, which which you said earlier, like we we shouldn't be surprised by it. Right. When and I was watching for it. So we're expecting these things to happen as I see it happening. You know, my prayer is that people there would be safe. And my prayer is that sure. it would stop and that 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 you know, the, the love of Christ would prevail and all of those things. But my deeper prayer was, okay, God, how should I think about this? Yes. How should I see this mess? And how should I see the brokenness of the world? And then what do you want me to do about it? And I think that's, to me, that's what prayer is. And that's what the spiritual discipline of prayer is about. No, I would agree with that as well. I mean, I, and I can think of that in the same way too. What, what's, what's God showing us in this? He's showing us something of who we are and who he is, even in these kind of rebellious, kind of these rebellious activities not kind of they're just, they are so so yeah that's a whole other discussion that we should not get into right now um but i was thinking also in terms of so so prayer can be used in a lot of different ways individually corporately um we use it in sunday morning worship we um well, some churches have had some churches have had you know wednesday evening prayer meetings yep. where they gather on a regular basis those that want to come and pray oftentimes we're praying before meals we're praying before events of, of kinds Lots of different places where prayer is used. I think sometimes it can kind of get kind of rote and kind of dutiful and all that. But but it's still, even so, I think it's helpful to acknowledge God in his presence in what's going on around us in the more significant events or even the more common regular events of our lives. I yeah, think. I, I think you're, you're right about things becoming rote, right? That uh, we look for certain markers to remind us to pray. Right, even in, in in church, right? Somebody read scripture. Now we're gonna pray. Somebody is closing out worship. Now we're gonna pray. Right? There's these like markers, and so it's not that they're bad. It's just that we have to make sure we're not waiting for the markers to pray. That we, the idea of pray without ceasing means that we are now just verbalizing a prayer to the to the body corporately that we're praying together. But the whole act of worship, the whole act of reading scripture, the whole act of preaching is all conversation with God. And if we're not careful, we can start to see prayer in these markers, and then it becomes, to, to your point, just really rote and stale, and we have to guard against that. Yeah, that's good. No, that's good. Well, this idea of prayer, huge topic. Yeah. We've been talking about it for a while. We're going to talk about one of the, um, I guess I would say, um, um, 
co-features of prayer, the idea of fasting, we'll talk about in our, our next episode. But prayer is something that for, I know for both Steve and I, is something that is vitally important in our lives, is something that, that we feel empty when we don't do, even when we would say, well, I'm not in the place to pray. How do you continue to understand that you're always in the place to pray as a believer in Christ and that we have to continue to um, fall on our knees? And we're told that we could come boldly before the throne. That's amazing. (sighs) We could talk for about 20 minutes on that. Right. And that just popped in there. But yeah, just, I mean, how amazing is is that imagery that we can come boldly before the throne? Um, And why? Because we have confidence in Christ and what he has done. And we know that he has paid the price. And so we're thankful for that. So we want to have a constant conversation with our family. Yeah. Good conversation. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Steve.